I think once you fulfilled the first three needs, it's kind of like if you've ever driven through a neighborhood, you know, where they're building new property and you yeah. see just the wood frame of a house. Like it looks like a house, um, but without fulfilling the emotional needs of prospects, it's you're you know, if you're talking about a website or a landing page or whatever, it's it's a house, but it's not really a home yet. You hear all the bull about marketing every day. Make your money in your sleep. My new offer is crushing it. My guru could beat up your guru. It's time to go right to the source and get the truth about marketing. With your host, the founder of CopyChief.com, Kevin Rogers. Welcome back to The Truth About Marketing. It's Kevin Rogers here with you. My guest today is Will Hookinga. He's a direct response copywriter, consultant, and one of my favorite writers and teachers of direct response marketing. You can check out his blog over at copygrad.com. Uh, this is a, if you're a freelancer, you need to go to Will's site and see how I think this should be done. I've been citing copygrad as uh, the ultimate way for a freelancer to position themselves in the market for years, even before I knew Will. Uh, now, Will is now a regular contributor to the Copy Chief blog, very proud to say, and his articles are super popular, some of our most shared content. Uh, so, Will, thanks for being on the show today, man. Oh, thanks, Kevin. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glowing over here after that, <laughs> that introduction. <laughs> well, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you should be, bro. You're, 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 <laughs> you're very impressive. And I just love how, you know what you do that, that I admire? And it's the same thing I admire about a lot of my mentors, people I've paid really good money to learn from, which is you make it feel easy. Ah, you know, because your stuff, awesome. it's clean and it's to the point and it's got personality and it, you're not trying to do a thousand things with my attention. Oh, that's good to hear because I always feel like I'm pulling my hair out when I'm writing uh, a blog post. <laughs> so it's good to know that it uh, yeah. it distills out into something, uh, <laughs> something of value sensible. to somebody. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Yeah. I mean, it's so hard uh, in our little caves as we're creating yeah. this stuff to, to have it feel clean and direct and simple and fun in our minds. And right. then it is great to get feedback like that. But you, I really think you're nailing it. So don't tell too many people. That's not uh, just pretend you're like Dean Jackson, and every day is just a super happy fun day. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I am interested to learn a little bit more about how you sort of qualify a topic to become content, because as you said, you put a lot of work into it, uh, and uh, some sure. of your criteria for choosing to um, you know to release something, but. Right now, right out of the gate here, Will, let's give the people what they came for. Uh, right. Your latest post for Copy Chief introduces a really cool thing uh, that you call the copy hierarchy of needs. Uh, most yes. people are probably familiar with, you know, Dr. Maslow's um, hierarchy of, of needs. Uh, I'll let you explain quickly what that is. And then I didn't know that there was a designer's hierarchy yeah. of needs. That was that was cool to see. I didn't either. Yeah. And and now thanks to you, I love again, this is what a great content creator does. They create things and then they go, "Now there's this and you can have it, but I invented it." Sure. <laughs> and so, uh tell us about, you know, uh, this idea and what it is and how we can use it. Yeah, so uh like you said, the whole idea of a hierarchy of needs really goes back to uh a dude named Abraham Maslow 
And if you ever took like a, a psych 101 class or anything, you it probably like rings some sort of bell. Um, but basically all his hierarchy of needs was, it, it's based around the principle that um, in order for people to fulfill higher level needs, uh, they first have to fulfill very basic needs. Um, and uh, he, he actually didn't make um, a pyramid, but like later on someone developed a pyramid of his hierarchy of needs um, that kind of presents it in a nice visual format and makes it easy to understand. But it's basically like before you can uh, focus on stuff like uh, having self-esteem and like having a sense of purpose and love and belonging, you have to fulfill like the basic stuff. Like you can't be starving to death. Or uh, right. you can't be like sleeping in the rain or something like that. So, so like <laughs> right. humans all have these basic needs we need. Um, so it, it's a, it's an interesting concept, and there's a lot of you know marketing psychology mm-hmm. uh, that's been written on that subject. Um, so uh, so I you know wasn't really thinking of writing a post about that, but then I I picked up this really uh, this really neat book like randomly off of Amazon. It was one of those impulse like I was already signed in, so I just bought it with one <laughs> click. Right. Um, it's a, it's a book called Universal Principles of Design. Um, and it's, it's really, I'm not a designer, but, um, after working with some really great ones over the years, it's something that, uh, I've admired at an increasing rate. And, uh, so I just wanted to understand a little bit more about it. And, uh, the book's really cool. It's like you open it up and on the left page, um, it just presents a one-page overview of some design principle. And then on the right-hand uh, page, there are, like, illustrations and stuff that uh, that illustrate it, basically. And it's really simple and easy to understand. And every now and then, I just pick it up and fan through it, and I stumble upon something interesting. And in this case, it happened to be a design hierarchy of needs. And I was like, huh, I've never seen anything like this. And it was basically... Um, you know, inspired by Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but it's like um, the needs that any type of design needs to fulfill in order to be great. Um, so, you know, it's uh, especially for non-designers, it's a great way to understand like what a great designer is thinking about and striving for when they build something, whether it's, uh, you know, software or uh, a table or a painting or whatever. Right. Um, but, you know, it starts with the very basic stuff. So, like, the design has to be functional. Um, it has to, you know, work, essentially. Like, if it's a door or something, it needs to open. And, right. You know? Um, and then there's things like reliability. So, you know, it needs to consistently open in the same way. Then there's usability, and that would bring in stuff like uh, the knob needs to be easy to understand how to use. And, like, if it's a pull door, then there needs to be a handle, so you pull it. And, you know, you, like, stumble upon those doors where it's, like, it has the pull handle, but you're supposed to push it anyway. Yeah, I was just going like, to say, like, it's funny how we take these things for granted that yeah. these things had to be thought through, right? Like, yeah. what if they just went, it's a door. You know, <laughs> they'll know how to open it. No, right. like, there's no knob. There should be a knob or something. <laughs> yeah. So so now I'm, like, uh, I use opportunities when I see doors to act like I'm some, like, expert design snob and it's if it's one of those doors that it has a handle on it but you have to push it i'm like oh man this is terrible design you know that's great (laughs) so uh so yeah i'm a total snob now but anyway so i was looking at this hierarchy of needs and i was like i was really jealous that designers had this really cool thing and uh us copywriters didn't really have something like it but you know in my mind i was starting to put things together of like okay like i think i see how this could work for copy and if this design hierarchy of needs was so useful 
for me as someone who only has a cursory, you know, level knowledge of design, um, a copy hierarchy of needs could be really helpful, um, both to copywriters, but uh, even more so to, I think, people who are either hiring copywriters or who, you know, are starting to get an inkling that copy is important and, you know, they want to see how their website or their landing page or whatever stacks up. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's really where it came from. That's great. What a service too. And I think this is why people resonated so hard with this. Uh, you know, when I sent this out, I try to be pretty direct in my subject lines, especially yeah. when I'm, you know, promoting content. But I think my subject line when I mailed on this piece was, uh, you're, you will bookmark this and refer, <laughs> and, and refer to it forever or something like that. Because yeah. that was my, I mean, it's one of those things that the minute you see it, you go, oh, I want this at hand all the time. <laughs> so, Thank I you. mean, great job on that, dude. Because, Thank you. Uh, it, I think, it's, you know, and it's, I love the way you, you, you framed it as it's not, every copywriter is going to want it just because even if it's not startlingly new to them, it's always right. nice to have a framework, right? And, and right. sort of a checklist of, Am I covering all these important things in my uh, copy? And there's been a, a, a fun discussion around some people saying, ah, I might have put this in a right. different order or those things. And it's it's all healthy dialogue. Yeah, yeah, I loved that. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the discussion in the comments was really great. And I actually received what I think is my all-time favorite uh, compliment in the comment section, which was uh, someone described it, uh, this article, as the whoopee cushion of articles, which <laughs> I thought was like the greatest thing ever. Um, and it was so uh, apparently like, I don't I, I don't think my dad has ever left a comment on a blog. Like, I don't think he knows how, but he somehow found that comment and left a comment on that comment saying it was the highest praise possible. So... <laughs> <laughs> the oh, whoopee cushion comment was not only great it also made my dad more proud of me <laughs> <laughs> it brings the family together that's what great that's... content does folks <laughs> that's so funny uh, uh it's great and so you know the other thing is again uh if you're a not a copywriter product owner anybody with a website where you're trying to persuade people <laughs> to follow your lead you get to know this thing and if you're working with copywriters you know, this is a good sort of a litmus test to make sure you're working with a pro who at least understands the foundation of what copy needs to do. Yeah. Really useful yeah. in that regard. Cool. So let's dive into it. Uh, we've got uh, five sort of layers. You, you took the pyramid uh, torch and ran with it. I did. And uh, let's talk about these these five different uh, layers here. Yeah. So... um I'll start with kind of talking about the first two together. So um, these are the ones at the base of the pyramid, and they're kind of those those basic needs that have to be fulfilled in order for the copy to uh, to be functional. And uh, those are readability needs and formatting needs. Uh, so with readability, super obvious. Um, it just has to be readable. Like you know, if you're writing for an American audience, it needs to be in English. Mm -hmm. And it needs to be mistake free enough to where you know the the writing isn't distracting. Um, so you know the grammar doesn't have to be perfect, but it needs to to be readable and legible. Mm -hmm. um, and then you know you move a step up once the copy uh, is at least readable. Um, the next need it can meet is being uh, formatted in a way that makes it easy to read. So um, you know all principles that copywriters are very familiar with. Um, big, bold, obvious headline, 
white space, uh, textual variation, you know, so italics, use of bold, but not overusing it, mm -hmm. um, just so it's scannable and easy to read. Yeah. Um, so again, very basic stuff. But, um, but important and people, and, and right. so easy to screw up. You know, people think, oh, I want to, you know, uh, uh, customize the text every time that I'm putting an inflection on a word. Right, right. And, you know, that's fine for a video script that you hand to a narrator. Right, right. <laughs> but to the reader, <laughs> after, you know, uh, six bolds and three italics and then the bolded italic underlined thing, they're going, I don't, I don't know what's going on here. Anymore. Yeah. They're just, yeah. their eyes are freaking out. Yeah. And so, so once your copy um, at least fulfills those two things, you have something that is in a state uh, where people can read it. Um, so, you know, it functions, it works. Um, and the third need, and this is where, you know, a few people, kind of a great discussion cropped up in the, in the comments about this. Um, but the third one is action. Um, so for me, like if you're talking about what does a, a piece of copy um, need to do or, you know, where, wherever the copy is going to go, whether it's a landing page, sales page, uh, an email, whatever, like just to fulfill its most basic function, what does it need to do? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and to me, the most basic function is, you know, people need to be read it, be able to read it and uh, they need to be able to uh, take an action to go to the next step, whatever it's, you know, existing to get them to do, um, you know, there has to be some sort of action. Right. So that that is uh, my third need. Um, and it's it, it goes beyond just, uh, you know, having a buy button or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I wrote about, you know, what I call action critical information. Mm. Um, so basically, what information does someone need in order to take an action? Right. Um, so, you know, if, uh, if someone's on a sales page for, uh, uh, you know, purchasing software of some sort, um, you know, what, what is the information they are going to need in order to make a decision to click on the buy button? And I'm not talking about like, um, you know, uh, like what kind of headline does it need to need? I'm just strictly talking about information. So the obvious stuff, mm -hmm. um, like there's going to need to be, a you know, a price would probably be helpful. Um, you know, that's not always on the sales page, but just for the purpose of this example, mm -hmm. um, you know, a price might help them make a decision. Um, a, a money back guarantee, if there is one, that might help them make a decision. Um, listing the features is something they're going to uh, want to evaluate. Um, and then, you know, the buy button, maybe some secure payment information um, and and things like that. So, you know, Stuff that is is very obvious, but is sometimes uh, you know people overlook it. And yeah. I, I even talked about <laughs> an example in the post uh, where I was uh, writing a, a landing page for a, a live event, and uh, I sent it off for feedback. And the first thing I got was like, "Hey, dude, where uh, where the hell is the date on this?" <laughs> um, so like, even you know, even for me, uh, sometimes you can overlook stuff like sure. that if you're not taking time to. Think about it from the standpoint of what does like what what are the most basic things people right. need to know? Yeah, and um, I'll tell you, you know, as uh, you know, I have this sixty second sales hook formula, mm -hmm. right? And so mm -hmm. I've I've been for a couple of years now coaching people on how to create a, a, a better one. Yeah, and one of the really the number one thing that gets hangs people up is not 
knowing what the action is that they're trying to get from from their right. their visitor. Right. It's, it really is that simple. It's kind of like any most novelists will say, "I got you have to know the ending of the book <laughs> before sure. you can start writing it, so you know where you're headed." Sure. And so that's it, it, it's it is simple, but it's huge because not only do you need to have a checklist of all the things you cover, but start with what is the one action, the one purpose uh, for this page. And when you have that, then it's much easier to evaluate whether every word of your copy is earning its place. Right, because right. Because if there's, you know, especially if it's like a, a an opt-in page, there's just no room for side roads or conjecture or any of that stuff. It's like, right. tell me why I'm here, put a sign on the door, let me know I'm in the right place and get me uh, filling out some fields here. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Good stuff. Okay, cool. So now we're on to number four. Yeah, so so my, my sort of theory um, for the first three things is that if you were able to survey sort of all of the websites in existence, I think you'd find that um, a good percentage of them, most websites uh, probably fulfill the first two needs. Um, you know, you, you can at least consume them in, in some regard. Mm-hmm. Um, then, a, you know, a slightly lower percentage do that, and they also are giving you a clear action to take. Um, but, like, probably only... Two or three percent of websites in existence really move on to the fourth uh, stage, which mm-hmm. is actually starting to fulfill emotional needs in copy. Um, and this is where you know uh, a lot of the you know classic principles um, that people have been teaching for years uh, to copywriters come into play. Um, but that you know a, a, a lay person probably isn't um, uh, as knowledgeable about. Right. So you know. Classic things like uh, um, feature uh, talking about benefits rather than just features, and um, you know that people will uh, generally pay more money to avoid things like pain and discomfort than they will for pleasure, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and yeah, so it's it's really getting to the uh, the emotional heart of yeah. uh, of what your prospects are 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 looking for. Yeah, you've got a good metaphor. It is a picture on in the and by the way, the uh you'll find this article that we're discussing at copychief.com uh just go search, you know, hierarchy um or scroll down in in the in the blog section, you'll see uh the hierarchy of needs, copy edition or a simple checklist for ensuring your copy meets all of your prospects needs. <laughs> two titles uh, yeah. t- take your pick on which you enjoy more that's a- right. and uh, so you've got this great sort of metaphor for a, a house that's you know the, it, it, it's it's up it's framed and you know the, the the skeleton of the house is complete right yeah so I, I think once you fulfilled the first three needs it's kind of like if you've ever driven through a neighborhood you know where they're building new property and you yeah. see just the wood frame of a house like it looks like a house um, but without fulfilling the emotional needs of prospects, it's you're you know if you're talking about a website or a landing page or whatever, it's it's a house, but it's not really a home yet. Right. Um, is the is the metaphor that I use there? Um, and so this is where you're going to want to bring in um, everything you know about who the ideal customer is, um, what problems they're having, uh, and how your product solves those problems and gets them to the place where they want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where I start looking at things, um, you know, any kind of 
quantitative or qualitative data that you have on prospects. So especially the qualitative stuff like blog comments, um, maybe you know looking at reviews for competing products, uh, customer support conversations, testimonials and stuff like that where prospects are talking about either the need or how the product has met that need in their own words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I, I refer to that as the dialogue. And right. I think it's really, it should be every marketer's first goal. Uh, you know, not to cash in or get a quick grab of money or even get people into their, you know, sales funnel. Right. Your first goal should to be to be, be to create a dialogue because when you have a sincere dialogue, everything else springs from that. Sure. Uh, yeah. What exactly? How they see you, what they want from you, the things you teach that resonate most, and uh, the kind of offers you should be making. Right. It, it really is like money in the bank when you have a dialogue happening with your best audience. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I even when I when I have the chance. Um, like if uh, a lot of times, or not all the time, but some of the time when I'm working on a sales page for a client or something like that, they're still in the process of um, of creating the product. Yeah. Uh, and so what I like to do is draft an entire sales letter before they've even developed every aspect of the product. Mm. So after reviewing all of the data that they have on their you know ideal prospect or existing customers or whoever they think um, this product is for, you can... Um, you know, by trying to enter that dialogue that the customer's having with themselves, yeah. um, you figure out ways to enhance the product. Mm-hmm. And so you write the sales page and then you you go and uh, you create the product that backs that up. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, I'll just put a little caveat on that, that you have to be working with a quality client and, oh, you for know, sure. marketer, uh, product creator in order for that to work. Because yeah. early in my career, I very quickly... Uh, became sick of people coming to me and go, dude, we, uh, I know how we can crush it. You just, <laughs> you just write the letter that you know will convert, right. and I'll create the product to match it. And yeah. you know, this this cannot be a a, a loose partnership in, in an endeavor no. like that. No. Uh, so just a small caveat, but uh, I, I love that idea because, like you said, uh, if there's an existing dialogue, enough is being said and revealed. Uh, in regards to people's needs and desires for you to understand what they would really love. And if you put it, if it makes it into your sales letter and you get to fantasize a little bit, but wouldn't it be amazing if it had this? Right. And then go to the the expert, the product creator and go, could we actually pull this off? Yes or no, it stays or it goes. And that's cool, Will. I never really thought of doing it that way where let's let's see what it would look like as, as an offer, as a, as a sales presentation uh, right. be- before as a criteria for making the best product pros- possible. And that's um that that's a really good point because that can certainly backfire on you if um you know if if you don't feel confident that whoever is developing the product uh, cares enough to actually try to make something uh right. worthy of the copy that you've written. <laughs> uh but I was I was really fortunate uh to to learn that um why I I spent 15 months uh, working at Lead Pages, and yeah. um, their CEO, Clay Collins, uh, who, who doesn't you know, write copy as much these days, obviously he's uh, 
off of being a CEO and working on the business. Mm-hmm. Um, but early on, he was doing a lot of that stuff. And uh, that was one of the, the earliest le- uh, lessons I learned from him. Um, and as someone who can absolutely go out and build a great product, it, mm-hmm. it worked out well a lot yeah. um, for them. And uh, so that's kind of you know where I uh, was introduced to that idea and uh, started practicing it. Yeah, that's a great great example. That's the perfect context for for and again a company who cares a lot about their customers has a, a big staff has a lot of right. customers who are very vocal about what they would like to see improved Definitely. or can fantasize with you about what would be great if. Yeah, and um and you know I I think it's kind of a natural segue into the the final need, um which is is really rare to find. Um, and I call this the, the belonging need. And I think very few uh, companies or products actually achieve this. Um, and the, part of the reason for that is because you can achieve great results just meeting the first four needs. Um, like you'll find tons of companies uh, that, are, that are doing fantastic and uh, you know, aren't, aren't necessarily hitting this fifth need. But, but really this is where belonging when you when you fulfill it it's where you really start creating loyal customers who continue to come back and purchase again and again um and you create customers uh who are evangelists who you know are walking advertisements mm-hmm. and it's it's kind of weird at first to think that you can accomplish this with copy um and you definitely you can't accomplish it just with copy it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about like obviously the product is going to have to be amazing mm-hmm. um but what you can do with copy is if, if you have an amazing product on your hands that people love, um, you can recognize that and keep that top of mind when you're, when you're writing copy for anything. Um, and you will find ways um, to, to empathize with people and endear them to the brand even more with your copy. Um, and you know, I used a few examples in the, in the article that people can check out. Um, from MailChimp, and I won't try to talk through them now, just because it's kind of hard with uh, without visuals. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I talk about uh, MailChimp and, and Cards Against Humanity, um, which is a, a company that's achieved ridiculous yeah. results. Like yep. Yep. they so have they have hundreds of hundreds of thousands of people on their email list, and they get like a, like a sixty percent open rate or just something ludicrous like that. <laughs> um, and it's because people love consuming their copy. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you can when you can create copy that's an extension of a distinct brand that people love, um, that's uh, that's when you can really like just gain an unfair advantage and get ridiculous results like that. That's great. Yeah, when you, when when you can create through your messaging and of course the quality of your product, like you said, a belonging where people raise their hand and go, "I am in your tribe." Right. Uh, they will wear your T-shirt. Uh, for the sole reason of identifying themselves as somebody cool enough to know about you and your product. And, you know, it's like the boaters nod out on the water. (laughs) If somebody else sees you in your Cards of Humanity t-shirt, they're like, ah, dude, we get each other, right? Right, yeah. Very cool. That's great, Will. Uh, We've got a few minutes left, and I definitely want to ask you the essential question of this show. Really excited to hear your answer to this. The essential question. The essential question. So, uh, (laughs) uh, Will Hookinga, what is the one thing that you've done in your marketing that produced the most surprising results? 
I think I I spent a lot of time thinking about this, and like several different things recently came up uh, in my mind that were surprising to me, and I was trying to figure out like why why was I so surprised? Um, one of them was a just a lead generation campaign um, for a, a free ebook, and it was uh, designed to build a client's email list. And then the other one was uh, I actually helped uh, launch a membership site just in the last month. Um, and the, the sales page, you know, it was a really long, really intensely researched, uh, lots of hours went into it. I worked on it with another copywriter, um, who's fantastic. His name is, uh, Tim Branch, Hmm. but, uh, we worked on that together and, um, it, it ended up converting at about 13%, um, which was, I, I think the best conversion rate I've ever achieved on a long form sales page for, uh, an offer of that nature. That's great. And I was thinking back to myself, like, like, why, why, why am I surprised? And and the surprise it really stemmed from my doubts going into both of those, which mm-hmm. were, for the sales page, I was doubting that uh, I thought it was too long, and I was getting feedback from that on the client too. Like they kept asking, like, is it supposed to be this long? <laughs> um, which which copywriters will laugh at because yeah. you know we we've, we've all been through that. Right. And then with the um the the lead generation campaign. Um, I, I was running a split test on it um, between a version of the opt-in page uh, that was uh, really short and all of the content was above the fold. So it was just like a picture of the e-book, e-book uh, headline and a subheadline, and then the opt-in. And then the other one, um, it had a, a couple more sections that had like the, the e-book had some really uh, awesome artwork uh, inside and it kind of showcased that. And there was an about the author section um, and he had some really great accolades, New York Times bestselling author and all this stuff. Um, and, you know, when I showed those two versions to the the client, um, you know, they the the longer one with all of the uh, the cool pictures and accolades and stuff obviously looks better. Um, and uh, so, you know, they're more inclined to think that's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so long story short, what, what I've anyway, the, the, the short one ended up. Uh, having a 16% higher conversion rate. I think it converted mm. at about 56% and the other was in the 40s. Um, but what I, what I took away from those is, is how easy it is to get in your own way when you're creating something um, by things like, you know, worrying that your long-form sales page is too long or thinking you need to say more. Um, I think a big part of being a good copywriter is having to know when to get out of your own way um, and, you know, when to stop and when to keep going. Um, And so I'm just continually surprised uh, by that uh, in everything I see, which is um, why why I'm a big advocate, like most other copywriters, of testing. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's what I would say... um, is uh is is my essential thing is is being aware of how easy it is to trip yourself up um and and I think that's why I gravitate toward um like creating frameworks and things like that uh that that contain things that you you inherently you know and you've learned them so many times they're like ingrained in you um but they're e- easy to forget and they're easy to doubt when you're in the heat of the moment and you know someone's uh uh someone's campaign or their launch is on the line and your reputation is on the line. Um, sometimes it's hard to, uh, to, to stick to those things. So right. yeah. that's what I would say. 
I love it. Yeah. Find ways to keep ego out of it, keep bias out of it. Right. Always test and do at least two very different versions if you're going to test. Yes. I I like that because a lot of people talk about, uh, well, you know, only test one little thing at a time or how are you going to know what moved the needle, right? But to begin with, start with extremely different versions in regards to length, uh, maybe even look and feel, maybe even messaging, all that stuff, and yeah. and say, all right, what you know, is there a very clear difference here between what's resonating? Right, and unless you're getting like you know a hundred thousand visitors a day, you you don't need to be split testing like a red button versus a blue button, <laughs> right. you know? Yeah. Um. So yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been great, and everybody's got to come to the article. Uh, at copychief.com just come to forward slash T-A-M that's where the podcast is or just come to copychief you'll see the podcast button click that come to this episode uh, and I will link the article and I will link Will's site at copygrad.com you have to be on Will's list he's always putting out just amazing content love his point of view sense of humor and you definitely want to come to this uh, article to get the full picture of the copy hierarchy of needs and the uh, ass pillow example. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was actually, I realized that we hadn't mentioned the ass pillows yeah. and I was getting a little sad. So I'm, I I'm glad. I feel like if, if people, you know, have, have made it um, to the end of this episode and they were still not sure whether they were going to go read the article <laughs> or not, they all will now because they want to know why we are talking about ass, ass pillows. pillows. <laughs> it's a very important <laughs> lesson too. Yeah. Uh, your yeah. ass will thank you. So yeah. uh, thank you, Will. And I uh, really hope to have you back on this and Copy Chief Radio, which is uh, launching soon. Oh, which, awesome. Which will be yeah. a lot of fun. And it's going to be a little bit more like talking directly about things that are happening inside a Copy Chief. And, oh, very cool. You know, so I'd uh, love to have you on that show as well. Yeah, and, and thanks for having me on this. It's always a blast to talk to you, um, and uh, I, I really appreciate it. Likewise, man. We look forward to your next article, and, uh, and we'll talk soon. See you. All right. Thank you, sir. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Truth About Marketing podcast. If you like this show and you think other people would like this show, the best way to spread the word is by reviewing and rating the show in iTunes. Just log in, click review, leave a big old fat five-star review, and let everybody know that you dig the show so that they can dig it too. To get all the links and resources we mentioned on today's episode, please go to copychief.com forward slash T-A-M, as in Truth About Marketing. And if you'd like to... Uh, Learn more about how you can improve your sales copy with uh, templates, formulas, coaching, feedback, or hiring a pro. Do all that on the inside of the members area of copychief.com, and I will look for you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.